Hello and welcome to Harrell Squared. It is I, former federal prosecutor Trey Harrell, who's here with my father, former Speaker of the House, Bobby Harrell. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing great, buddy. Great to be back. It is, it is great to be back. Uh, we haven't been canceled yet. Not so, yet. Not you know, yet. I guess not when you yet. have the studio, they can't cancel you. So. Well, th- that's exactly it. They can't cancel us. They can say ugly things about us, and they have for yeah, years. For years. So you get used to it. Right. Um, but special treat, uh, this is a two-parter episode. So if you're for the Super Bowl breakdown and Gamecock football breakdown, that's going to come out tomorrow, uh, probably around lunchtime. So get excited for that. But we figured today there's been so much news that's gone on. We really should just kind of hammer that and hit on that. So we got a great lineup for you. We're going to talk about legitimate political discourse. We're going to talk about Pelosi's uh, stock trading plan. We're going to talk about the big Bitcoin uh, seizure as well as wrap it up with, you know, probably a topic that we're going to be hammering on for a while, uh, Russia and Ukraine. So uh, get excited, hold tight, and uh, have some fun. And when we talk about uh, the Super Bowl and Gamecock sports tomorrow, uh, the Super Bowl is going to be a lot more fun to talk about than Gamecock basketball. So maybe we'll just talk about Gamecock football in the maybe, Super Bowl tomorrow. Maybe, maybe. All right. Well, again, as always, before we start, no legal advice. This is not legal advice. This is not... Uh, financial advice. This is not insurance advice. This isn't gambling advice because gambling is illegal in the state of South Carolina and um, all that normal disclaimer stuff. If you need insurance, call. Call Harold Insurance at uh, 766-9900. And if you need legal advice, call 843-636-TRAY or find me online at attorneyherald.com. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's dive in. All right, legitimate political discourse. Now, the reason we're saying that title and talking about that is, if you're listening to this, you probably already know, but last week the RNC um, approved a resolution censoring Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for their work on the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol and declared the actions of the rioters legitimate political discourse. Uh, what, are what are your thoughts? First of all, it's not legitimate political discourse. Uh, secondly, as angry as I was at, at them doing that, and frankly I was, I just I, I hate to see Republicans attacking other Republicans. I mean, as you say in the blog yeah. post that you put up, the eleventh Reagan's eleventh commandment. Um, so I, I don't I don't like what they did, but I got to tell you. We can't forget that the election, the midterm elections are just a, just months away, and we can't be Republicans fighting Republicans going into that election. We want to win back the majority of the Senate, win back the majority of the House. So all this kind of stuff needs to be tamped down, yeah, at I, least through the midterm ex- elections. Exactly. As I wrote in the blog, um, various, and the blog's at heraldsquaredmedia.com, um, as, as, as it's very, very clear that after that occurred, the New York Times and other liberal publications are calling essentially what's going on in the Republican Party a food fight. And what they're, an intramural food fight was the quote. And the problem with that is they are denigrating and putting the Republican Party uh, in, a, in a place to appear as though we're at the kids' table and they're the grown-ups. And, and, and that is furthest from the facts. And let's talk about how the midterm elections work. The folks that, that like what the Republican National Committee did, they're going to vote Republican in November. 
the Democrats, the liberal left, they're, they're going to vote Democrat in November. This argument between now and the election is all about the, the, the 20, 30 percent middle. Yeah. And those people don't need to have uh, our own taking shots at each other, making it look like we belong at the kids' table. Exactly. I, the, 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 what I don't understand is let's just be very clear about this. To win elections, you have to have numbers. That's what I said in the blog. And, and, I have 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 you, and I have said for years, politics is a game of addition, not yes, subtraction. 100%. And what I, but here's what I don't understand. You sell insurance. I sell juries. I sell, you know, I, I, it's sell. So, all right. You're going to somebody and you're saying to them, here's, here's the party we want you to be a part of. Our focus is stimulating economic growth, ensuring these constitutionally guaranteed freedoms that you're given, maintaining our national security, and focusing on core family values. And eliminating that, inflation and, and holding on taxes economy. and yep. all of that. But, that's but, right. But that is, our, that is our platform. And oh, by the way, from 2016, before we had a global pandemic, we were kept safe and our economy skyrocketed. So our policies, oh, by the way, our platforms that also sound like they make great common sense to you, work. Oh, oh by the way, the guys on the other side who want essentially socialism, here's all these ways that it didn't work. Here's the way capitalism works, and here's the way socialism doesn't work. How is that so hard to sell? It's not. It's not. The it only is issue absolutely, It is absolutely an easy sell. And the only issue is, the only way that they're able to beat us is to say mean tweets or to attack us because we're, quote, racist or whatever, which is... Completely ridiculous, make Tim us, Scott. Make Completely us, ridiculous. Make us appear divided to that great middle that we have to get yes. to vote for us to make sure that we take back the majority. And all of the principles that were in play from 2016 to 2020 that kept inflation down, that kept us safe, that all those principles come back. That's what this is all about. So, we, so this political infighting within the party needs to stop and we need to focus on growing our majority, excuse me, taking the majority, taking the majority in the, the majority. House and the Senate um, this midterm. I mean, you you used to have to make sure you maintained a majority. You were initially part of a group that had to, to take back I was the majority. I wasn't a minority when I first got elected to the House, was, and then we took the majority the next term. And you had to maintain it. And, and I would assume that just selling these principles to the good people of South Carolina or through various House members was pretty easy to maintain that with that because once people got it, they got it. I think the hardest battle back then was the, the battles that folks wanted to have within the Republican Party, just like now. This is not new. I mean, yeah. this has been going on for as long as there's been elected politics with two different political parties. Uh, the biggest battle is keeping the battles tamped down within the party so that you win the majorities, hold the majorities, and then you're able to implement those principles that keep the economy strong and keep us safe. Well, and, and, and when you, you can fight within your party when you're the majority. You can fight within your party all day long. The problem is we're fighting within our party when we have a five, when Biden's trying to push a $5 trillion spending plan. As I wrote in the blog, 7% inflation, but actually Fox News released today, 7.5% inflation. Yep. As well as we still have citizens in Afghanistan who can't get out. Yep. I mean, and not to mention what we're about to deal with you're, Ukraine you're about and the all CPI this stuff. That was released. Um, that was released Thursday morning. Yep. Yep. That that showed the inflation is still going up. Yeah. So it's it's one of these things that we just it, it just it's such common sense. And if the party doesn't get behind each other, 
we might as well just roll over and call it a day. But you know, you know. Okay, that was that was enough on that soapbox. Republicans out there, please don't fight till after we get the majorities well, back. You, you can discuss and and have oh, a argue, conversation argue, about it. Argue. Yeah. Don't call each other names. But and don't, and don't take shots at each other. And don't. I mean, they essentially the RNC. And, and kudos to Mitch McConnell for, for coming out and saying what he said, but and, and saying that that's not the role of the RNC. They essentially, essentially accused two Republican members of Congress for persecuting ordinary citizens. And let me say this real quick, and then we'll move on. I promise. Then we'll move on. If you think all the actions that occurred on January 6th was legitimate political discourse, you're nuts. There's a difference. There's a difference. The rally that took place near the White House where President Trump came and spoke and, and, and talked about it and other politicians came and spoke and people were protesting the election results, that's legitimate political discourse. Busting into the United States Capitol and demanding to hang the Speaker of the House or the Vice President, that is not legitimate political discourse and that is ridiculous. And the issue is you want Republicans on that committee investigating that so that they can point out the difference between the two, which they did. So if you think that they are persecuting citizens for some of the stuff they're doing, you need to take a good look at yourself in the mirror and figure this out. I agree with what you just said, but I'm going to go back to what I said because I think that's the core issue is we have to win both majorities back in November, and all this fighting hurts that effort with the great medal, which is who we have to get to vote for us. 100%. 100%. Now... Something we should probably talk about with inflation going up at the level it's going um, and a group in, major- in the majority who shouldn't be in the majority is Nancy Pelosi's, Nancy Pelosi's house with her stock trading and all the stuff that they've done. I, you know, it, I can't, I was flabbergasted when I read that. This was a, there's a story in the Wall Street Journal. It's, there's a stories in a, in a lot of different media outlets about this topic. But Nancy Pelosi is now going to support a ban on members of Congress and senior staff trading stocks. Um, by the way, she was against it before she was for it. She was against it in December, yeah. and now she's coming out for it. I'm not sure how... Now she's how, divested. I'm not sure how sincere yeah. the support of this thing is. But to give you an idea of the problem, uh, last year, members of Congress bought $276 million um, in stock trades. Bought, purchased, sold $364 million. That's a 36% increase, a return on their money. Uh, the Dow went up in the same period of time, 16%. I mean, that's just... I mean, so what's going... It's, it's, the, it's the right thing to do what they're talking about doing. I'm just not sure that they're sincere and they're, gonna, they're doing it for the right reasons. And boy, does it get complicated. The questions are, do you say your spouse can't trade stocks? Do you say your kids can't trade stocks? What if you had stocks when you were elected? What if you inherit stocks from your from your family? What do you do with all of that? I've I mean, actually, it is a difficult. It issue. is difficult, and I've actually I heard a plan. They they were talking about it on CNBC either yesterday or the day before. Um, that the the plan in place that folks or the plan that they want to put in place or that the pushing that a lot of folks are pushing is that the a member of Congress, the spouse, and any dependents. Right. 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 So th- they have to put that. So and, and, and you can own staff. the stock. Well, and King stock, yeah. And you can own the stock, but you have to put the stock in a blind trust. Which th- I mean, that's a whole different you know scenario. Like you're not giving tips to your financial advisor. But um, with that being said, 
I kind of, that kind of makes sense because, you know, when I was on your, when you were Speaker of the House and I was in uh, law school or college or whatever, and I was still kind of, you were still, I was still kind of a dependent in that scenario. You, at least you were claiming me still on your taxes. Yeah. Um, that well, makes sense. school, but go well, ahead. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, on my student loans, all right. Um, that being said, my student loans beg to differ. But anyway, with that being said, all of the uh, dependents that are there, the issue is you, they talk too much and they can make these trades. And they're and as a dependent, you're under the protection of the insider trading protection that Congress has. So I get that rule and I like that rule. I also don't think that I think it is insane that you're briefed on all this information and you're able to um, utilize it and sell stocks. And then make policy to change it. That's insane to me. I, I, I think they ought, to, they ought to pass it. I think it ought to be the law of the land. My real point here is I'm not sure that this, this thing is sincere or if this isn't just something geared to try to help them get, help the Democrats get some, uh, some stuff back in, you know, in, term, in time for the midterms. I mean, one of the things that Nancy Pelosi is doing, she's putting a poison pill in there. She's saying that the same rules need to apply to all the judges, including the Supreme Court justices. Yeah. That's what Nancy's saying. Um, I'm, I'm not sure she means that so much as she knows that that'll cause the ire of all of those judges who will be calling and talking to their congressmen. And I, yeah. I just, I'm just not, I'm not convinced that this effort is sincere. I think it's a great thing if they can get it done, uh, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, moving on from that into uh, another interesting story. We, we, I like to talk about crypto in here. I'm trying to learn you up on crypto. You're telling me you don't understand it sometimes. You're telling me that it's not safe. How do you trace it? You know, is it just for laundering money? Yada, yada, yada. You've never asked me if it's for laundering money, like... Can we launder money? You just, <laughs> you know, you know, because do people use it. Do people for use it for right. laundering money? And um, a, yes, they do use it for laundering money. But b, as as we saw this week, earlier this week, you will get caught, or you can get I, caught. You know, I saw a couple of interesting things. Uh, and what we're talking about is the feds arrest a husband and wife team and recover three point six billion in stolen Bitcoin. Anyway. Uh, right, and a couple of interesting things that I that I picked up from the story. First of all, my my question really hasn't ever been about trading it or and 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 the laundering and all this. My main question has always been, honest to goodness, I don't see where it derives its value except that people want it. it it's like uh, it's like gold, or it's like um, you know silver, or it's not the it's dollar. Not like, <laughs> it's not like it's not like stocks yeah. where you you look at the strength of the company yeah. to go with it, or or bonds where you look at their rating, credit rating from Standard and Poor's to see what it's worth. Bitcoin's value to me is derived simply out of the desire of people to have it, thinking thinking it's cool, and ultimately thinking it's a good thing. Now these folks had a pretty serious desire yeah. to have it. When it's what I the other but the other thing that I took from the store that I thought was interesting, they stole it in in uh, 2016 mm-hmm. when uh, they when they hacked a trading entity called Bit Bitfinex. That's right. Yep. That's right. And when they hacked into it and stole it, it was 72 million dollars <laughs> worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. It went up to 4.2 billion dollars. And now has fallen back to three point six billion dollars at the time that it's been seized. Yeah, a um, couple of things that tells me: 
it's it, it's also kind of volatile. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Um, and it also tells me that the uh, feds do have the ability to track it if you start messing, if you start uh, doing the kind of stuff these people are doing. They do have the ability to track it, find you, catch you, arrest you, and make you pay for what you did. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I do. And I think that on a whole, this really protects crypto where, you know, hackers are going to think twice. I mean, there's there's still going to have lots and tons of hackers, particularly out of Russia and North Korea and all, you know, the usual suspects. But it's going to cause other hackers to think twice because the Department of Justice will will focus on it and will go get it. Because the one thing people don't really realize is these blockchains where these transactions occur are public record. So as long as you know what wallets to follow, you can you can pick it out and you can see where the money's going. And that's what was happening here. I'll tell you a funny thing about this. These ha- and, and these hackers and these launderers even tried to get creative. At one point, they moved the Bitcoin through, you know, to ETH and gold and everything else. But they also bought a whole bunch of Walmart gift cards. <laughs> so, I mean, they went and then tried to flip it around. So, I mean, even, even they got that creative and the DOJ still came after them and still came and found them. I mean, that's got to give you some solace in the fact as you look at these investments and you look at it as the future of money. Because let's be honest, the blockchain, maybe not necessarily Bitcoin, is the future. It is what's coming because you can have these instantaneous transfers that are public record, which means you don't need a whole bunch of intermediaries. And now that we can prove that you can be caught on it and things bad things can happen to you and you can get seized, the money can get seized and everything can happen, that should give you much more of a I feel good, I'm gonna I can invest in it, which I think we're gonna see a bump, we're gonna continue to see a rise in it because you know I'm lucky I bought some Bitcoin uh few days ago, uh, uh, about a week ago, and I mean, right before we had this steady increase that we've had, and it's been it's been a nice little nice little. That's tour. excellent. I so, bought some back when we both when you, you and I, you talked me into it. And I bought some, and it's actually. Well, you bought it, crypto? Did you buy the Bitcoin? Um, I bought a, a little tiny, a little bit tiny of Bitcoin, Bitcoin, yeah, and then um, and then a couple others too. I got you. Um, but they they've actually lost all the value since I bought them. I, I was at the four point two billion place for these people. that yeah. went to the three point five billion place, I suppose. Uh, but I, but frankly, for me, it's just fun doing it and, and watching it, and particularly doing it with you is, is what I enjoy. Inter- another interesting thing back to these folks, though, the judge set their bond at mm-hmm. um, five million for the husband and three million for the wife. Um, the Fed said they didn't recover all of the Bitcoin. They recovered about 94, 95 percent of the Bitcoin. And the feds want them to re- revoke the bond because these folks are a flight risk, to which I say, you think? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Because uh, my biggest question reading the story with this kind of value, why are you taking a chance on being in the United States? Why aren't you in some Caribbean island yeah. with your money, your Bitcoin somewhere else where people can't come get you? I mean, anyway. That's that me. I, I, I totally agree with all the, that. I I think just, that but is. anyway, I, so um, I, the story shows us that the, that the feds do have the ability to track it, and the feds can and will catch folks who do things they shouldn't be doing with it, and that's a good thing. That is a very good thing. All right. Um, moving on to, you know, when I mentioned hackers, I mentioned uh, the evil empire. <laughs> that is uh, Russia. When I say evil empire now, who does? I mean, that could go, well, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, that could go either way these days, right? I mean, it could be, 
That could be uh, Russia or China, but let's specifically talk about Russia. It, it could be, but Reagan called Russia. The yeah, so that's what we'll go with. We'll, right. we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll come up with a name for China here eventually. But let's let's talk about Russia real quick as we're going to wrap this up uh, or this part one up. Um, on Thursday, they announced that there would be 10 days of military exercises in Belarus. Ru- joint Russian and Belarusian. I guess. The, the military of Belarus forces were, would be doing this. Specifically, warships are arriving at strategic ports in the Black Sea, um, and everything's going on. Ukrainians as, as are not we, happy. Are not happy. But as we know, Belarus borders Ukraine. The thing that I think is the biggest about this that, you know, we've seen a little bit of talking about, but it, and I'm sure it's probably going to be much bigger in the news as people start figuring it out. But when I heard this story, I immediately pulled my phone up and typed in, when do the Olympics end? Ten days from Thursday. Right, which is ten days from when the um, exercises started. Yeah. Now, uh, Moscow... And Minsk have both said that the troops will be withdrawn after the exercises, but the U, uh, the United States and European security folks, quote, are not convinced. Uh, yeah. Yeah, really? You think? I mean... I mean, it, it, what, that, it's scary what's going on over there. Um, and and it's, to me, it's, I hate to, I found you know, we, gotta, we have to support the president at, in difficult times. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to be blunt and say it worries me who's at the head Who's, who our commander-in-chief is with this kind of stuff on the verge of happening. If, 100%. If I really believe uh, if Donald Trump, mean tweets and all, was still the president, this wouldn't be happening. Uh, a thousand percent agree with you on that. So, but, um, but, but he's not. Uh, president Biden is the commander-in-chief, and so I worry with him at the head with this going on in Russia and, and China watching, waiting to see what happens with Taiwan. And while we would like to help um, Belarus, I mean, would like to help Ukraine, um, I, we have an agreement with Taiwan to help yeah. them. So this isn't just about Russia. This is about China and Taiwan and what's going to happen internationally, globally, and I'm, I'm seriously concerned about well, it. And, and it goes even bigger than that. As you're talking about Russia and you're bringing up the Taiwan scenario, earlier this week, Russia and China entered into an agreement where they specifically discussed following the the press conferences following it that their goal is to surpass the United States, not the West, the United States in military, cyber, economically, you name it, which tells me they would love nothing more than to draw us into a two-front war with both of them. I maybe not love nothing more. I don't I know I don't think they actually want war, but I don't think they're scared of war. I, I don't think they have I any issues. I think that's a much better way to say it. I I don't I can't, except for madmen and crazy people, nobody really wants war. But what they you, want—you can't is, tell me Putin's not a madman. What they anyway. want is um, what madman is it? Not bad a madman. Man. Madman. You, you can't right. tell me Putin's not a madman. But well, anyway, I, but yeah. I would argue he's not because the, he is—he's um, been the leader of Russia for a bunch of years now. He's got a solid grip on that country. Uh, he he's got some sense going on in his head, and he's I, got re-election in twenty twenty four. So I don't. But my point is, I don't think that people that they want war. What they want is dominance yeah. over the United States, uh, financially, militarily. They they want it to be clear that we 
are concerned, or, or they want to be clear to us that getting into a, a war with them will not end well for the United well. States. And, That's what they're about. And, and do not mess with our stuff, i.e. Russia thinks Ukraine is their stuff. China thinks Taiwan is their stuff. Do not mess with that and do not involve it. And, and essentially stop coming through the South China Sea, essentially is what China wants. I mean, it is just, it is, it is crazy. And, and we will be continuing to follow this because there's going to be a lot more news of it coming, I'm sure. Coming up. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining in. Thank you for listening. And we're going to cut out, but be ready. Popping up shortly. Uh, Saturday will be the uh, part two. So hope you enjoy that as well. Thank you so much. This is attorney Trey here. I've been dealing with insurance companies my entire life whether it's working for them or fighting against them. So if you've been injured in an accident and the insurance company is giving you the runaround, don't delay. Call 636-TREY or you can find us online at attorneyherald.com.